There's no broken body you can't raise, no soul that you can't save. All things are possible. Do we, do we believe that together this morning? Yeah? Do we come expectant this morning? A little bit, maybe? Turn to the person next to you and say, yes, I do. I, and if not, convince them. All right. Well, uh, it's going to seem like a bit of a change of pace. It's just great to, to worship God together, isn't it? Like to, to acknowledge who God is, what God can do, to sing it together. I love, like this room, carpet looks nice, it's good, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty echoey room, which kind of sucks for conversation and things. But how's it when we get to hear each other sing? It's pretty good, isn't it? Declaring things together in unity. Even though we are all different, even though our week has all been different, we come together in unity in Christ, right? In our, in our belief and acknowledging that Jesus is God and Lord over all. To change tact a fair bit. Does anybody remember all-you-can-eat places? Now, I, I've been talking about it a bit recently and, uh, and apparently there's still a few around. Does anybody know? Apparently there's that place near Civic Park. Apparently that still does all you can eat. No, no, Charlie's, Charlie's was something else, right? Does anyone remember Charlie's? Who had a, like a, a birthday party at Charlie's? Yeah. Uh, all you can eat. How good was all you can eat? Uh, I remember very fondly as a kid when... I think it was on like a, a Tuesday night and Pizza Hut had all you can eat. And I remember with great joy when Dad said, we're going to Pizza Hut tonight for all you can eat. And you see, and they just, they just kept bringing pizza around. And I remember as probably a 10-year-old having a competition with my dad as to who could eat the most slices and, you know, super... F- who what was that? I always won. Up the boys. Yeah. Uh, the other is uh, Sizzler. Now, now, Sizzler had this like set menu which cost you money. But if you went and got all-you-can-eat salad bar, that was pretty good, that salad bar. Who's too young to remember Sizzler? I think, I think there's still a Sizzler maybe in Queensland and in Perth. There you go. Go visit Perth. Yeah, it's expensive. Uh, Charlie's, again, for those who grew up in Adelaide, we had a couple of Charlie's and, and that all you can eat. And I just remember thinking, wasn't it the best? But when I remember back, actually, the food was pretty terrible. You could just eat heaps of it. Like, like I think that's how it worked. What actually excited me more than all you can eat, and there may be some in the room, was free refills. Free refills are actually my favourite. And there's plenty of times where I've chosen to go to Hungry Jack's over everywhere else because of free refills. There was a time in my life where I probably drank a little bit too much Coke and that, that helped feed that, those, those free refills. I had, um, uh, it wasn't, it's not exactly free refills, but again, when I was a bit younger, mum and dad let me travel on a plane by myself 
to Adelaide. I think it must have been to visit my nana at the time. And I, and I was probably about 12-ish, I'm trying to think. But I found out that if you ask the, the stewardess or, or the host or whatever they're called, if, if you ask for a Coke, they'll bring you a Coke. And I think in a trip from maybe Melbourne to, to Adelaide, I, ha- I had about three or four Cokes. And I found there was a button that you could press and the, they'd come. And so, you know, being 12, I was like, free refill Cokes on a plane? Like, this is luxury. Uh, anyway, moving on from that, we have spent the last month in a teaching series together, this uh, series called Streams in the Wasteland. And we've especially looked at this vision that that God gave Ezekiel when the uh, Israelites were actually kind of outcasted to to Babylon. And it was a time when God's people had no hope left. And God spoke through Ezekiel and gave this vision, this river of living water that flowed from the temple across the desert. And everywhere that the river touched, uh, the desert turned to life. Trees grew, animals were there, they, they kind of, and fruit, and there was life. It turned dead and desolate places into thriving, life-filled places. We've looked at uh, how Jesus made that claim that he is the living water, and that actually Jesus is the source of life. The only thing that can quench our thirst forever is Jesus. We explored um, that this vision that Ezekiel had was God letting his people know that he will pour out his spirit. And it wouldn't be just a pouring out of his spirit in one place, but it would be a pouring out of his spirit to all people. We looked at the fruit of the spirit last week and and the fruit of the spirit being love, the evidence of what the, the spirit looks like when God pours out his spirit. Well, today is the last day of that series. We're, we're wrapping up today. And today, as Sarah mentioned, is Pentecost Sunday. Now, most of us, if we've heard of Pentecost Sunday, some of us in the room may not have. Well, welcome to Pentecost Sunday. This is it. Uh, Pentecost, we think of it as um, the Acts 2 account, right? The start of the church. We're, we're, uh, that's what we associate with Pentecost, right? Am I looking around? Those who know Pentecost, we think of Acts 2, you know, uh, the, the upper room. Well, Pentecost isn't called Pentecost because of that act. The thing that we know as Pentecost, like God's Spirit poured out and, and kind of the happenings of Acts 2, isn't why it's Pentecost. They just happen to coincide with a Jewish festival called Pentecost. Now, it was, uh, it was this festival of Pentecost was a harvest festival. And it was actually, uh, you know, we looked at the Feast of the Tabernacle. Does anyone remember that? Where, where everybody came to Jerusalem. They, they set up tents. They remembered the, the Exodus. Well, well, actually, 
it seems like most things in the Jewish calendar point back to the Exodus and God rescuing his people. But, but this is a, a harvest festival. So what would happen is people would bring their first fruits, their first kind of cut of grain or their first cut of wheat, and they would bring it in celebration of uh, what God had given them, but also would pray blessing for an abundant crop to come. So it was kind of, does anyone remember, there used to be, when I was a kid, we used to have harvest Sundays and there'd be, there'd be fruit and veg up the front and you'd, uh, I don't know, yeah, some, some people older than me remember that. Everyone else is like, what? You just put fruit at church up the front, you know? No, it's all decoration. Oh, did we bring tins or something and you use it to feed people? Which is kind of cool. Anyway. It's a harvest festival. Um, The Jews would bring their first fruit. They'd pray, give thanks to God, pray for the abundant harvest to come. Now, Pentecost is called Pentecost because it was 50 days after the Passover uh, festival or or meal. Penti five, that's why it's called Pentecost. I don't know what the cost bit is. I probably should have done a word study on that. But 50 days after Passover, which was a, a festival and meal again, to remember, again, the Exodus story, God rescuing his people from Egypt. And, and Passover was actually a celebration of God's grace and love that the angel of death passed over their doors. Passover is, again, something that we've probably heard. And again, we can go back to uh, the story of Jesus. The Passover meal is what we know as the Last Supper was had as the Passover meal. So we kind of have this, this uh, our Easter story and Pentecost about 50 days apart, yeah? Similar to the Passover festival and the, the Pentecost festival. Are you with me so far? All right. I'm going through a little bit of information, then we'll, we'll kind of get into, into some stuff. Uh, if we go back to the celebration of Pentecost, the 50 days after Passover, it actually, if we look back at the Exodus story, it's where Moses received word from God, Mount Sinai. So there's kind of a remembering in this first fruits also of God bringing his law that Moses brought his people about 50 days after Passover. So the term Pentecost doesn't refer to the Acts 2. That's how we we know it happened at that. But it refers to this uh, festival, this, this harvest festival. The birth of the church and the fulfilment of God's promise happened and the Acts 2 Pentecost account. That's what we're going to celebrate and remember a little bit together today. We're going to read Acts 2 together and, um, uh, and kind of take it in again, hear the story. It might be your first time hearing this, but uh, I first want to look a little bit, because we've been leading up to it, about how actually Acts 2 is the fulfilment of the Ezekiel verse we've been looking at. It's also the fulfilment of what Jesus promised only kind of months before, weeks before. 
So uh, I want to look at John 14, just really quick, a couple of really quick verses. John 14, 25, and this is Jesus talking to his disciples. And he says, I'm telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate or the helper as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Jesus tells us that God is going to send the Holy Spirit. That there's a moment when God is going to send his Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit is an advocate, a helper for us. In Acts 1, just Luke writes, just before he tells the story of Acts 2. Acts 1 verse 4. Once he was eating with them, he commanded them. This is Jesus again. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptised with water, but in just a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Now when we read baptised, the translation of baptised is immersed, filled. You'll be baptised, immersed and filled with the Holy Spirit. And a couple of verses later in Acts 1, 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the world. To the ends of the earth. Jesus told his crew, his disciples, his, his guys who had been following him, he told them to wait. And so they were gathered together expectant, praying, waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And that's where we kick off from Acts 2, starting at verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. And they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia. Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk. That's all. Can we just pray and let's explore this a little bit together. God, we just thank you 
We thank you because you're good, that you're full of grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you, have, you don't just give us a task and abandon us, but you have sent us the helper. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are with us, that you are with us today. We thank you for your ministry in this place. And we kind of hand over that to you this morning together. Come and do what you need to do, Holy Spirit. Amen. How, how lit is this story, by the way? Like I know, like, like some of us have heard it a lot of times and, and sometimes when you hear a story, it's kind of like Christmas. The Christmas story is so amazing, but we've heard it a lot of times. Pentecost is kind of similar. Can you imagine being in a room and suddenly you heard like a windstorm? Like nothing was moving, but there was the sound of a windstorm. And then to top that off, there's like fire appears on top of people's heads. Does anyone else think it's kind of crazy? Like, no, you just think it's normal? Ah, it sounds like a normal Friday afternoon. Uh, I, I just love it. Who knows, have you ever been inside when a windstorm is happening? It's, it's kind of crazy. We had... Um, a fair few years ago, we had uh, a night in the hills where, where we took some young adults up into the hills somewhere. I can't even remember where the campsite was. But there were severe wind warnings. And, uh, and all night, the wind was just howling around us. There were big gum trees. And I, I, I don't reckon I slept for more than like 15-minute gaps. You know, like it sounded like a train was like overhead, like coming through the building. I was just waiting for the tree to collapse. What was worse is that we had lit a fire the night before and we'd all been sitting around the fire and I had this like, maybe I was the only responsible one there, but I was thinking, I hope all the embers are out because this wind could send that, you know, into the bush. I was... I was Petrified. But the sound of wind, that's a big, loud, frightening sound. And we actually hear that not, it wasn't just the people in the room who heard the sound, right? Because we hear that everyone who was nearby came running to see what the sound was. Loud. I, I actually, I think pretty scary kind of a sound. And then we talk about the fire resting on someone's head, tongues of fire happening. I've seen plenty of YouTube videos where someone leans a bit too close to like their birthday candles and I've seen kind of flames, but, but to see that. And then we hear that those gathered started speaking in other languages, languages that they didn't know. Galileans, they said, from a, from a particular area, that there's no way that they could have known all those languages, yet God pours out his spirit. There's an interesting uh, comparison that, that a few scholars kind of make around this idea of a unified language. If we go back to the Old Testament and the Tower of Babel, people were kind of united together for their own purposes to build this massive tower and God spreads them and, and, and he actually, he makes them all speak different languages. Do we know that story? 
And he actually spreads out his people. So they're disconnected. But we see in the story of Acts that what the Holy Spirit does when it's poured out is actually gather people back together, unite people again. That it doesn't matter about the language anymore because the Holy Spirit draws people. It's a sign that actually God's people isn't just this one group anymore. It isn't just the Israelites anymore, but actually what Jesus did and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit means that the pouring of the Holy Spirit is for all people, for everyone. That's cool, isn't it? Luke then, uh, the writer of Acts, tells us that, that after this kind of amazing thing happens, Peter gets up and he starts preaching. And he's filled with a boldness that allowed him to preach. And he tells us the prophet Joel said that God's spirit will be poured out on all people, on all people. And we hear that 3,000 people were added to the believers that day. They then form a community, and you can read on in Acts. When you get home, you can keep reading through Acts. But they form a community that, that loved the evidence of the Holy Spirit, that they loved and they shared what they had so that no one went without. And they worshipped together. And we hear that that was the start of the church. Now, we meet together today as the church. But this started at Pentecost. God poured out his spirit and people found life. Just like the stream in Ezekiel's vision, as God's spirit has been poured out through his church, people have found life now for thousands of years. What started as a trickle at Pentecost turns into this big river. And can I tell you that what God has done over 2,000 years is that millions and millions of people have found life, haven't they? We get to, we get to sit on that history and we get to be part of that and we get to propel that forward to see the river of living water continue to be poured out. Started as a trickle, a few, 3,000 in one day, and we see it rapidly expand to millions of people across the world. N.T. Wright uh, points out another parallel. In the, in the first fruits festival of Pentecost, and actually what we see on the day of Pentecost in Acts, that there were a few, that there were a few who brought their first fruits, but actually they were asking God for a greater harvest to come. Just like in the festival, they would bring their first fruits, the little that God has done, and pray for an outpouring, an abundance, a bigger harvest than they've ever seen. Today, as we remember Pentecost together, who knows that there is still yet a greater harvest. And I think part of what we do today here at Pentecost is we acknowledge God's great work already. 
But we pray again for a more abundant harvest into the future, don't we? For a pouring out of God's Spirit that He might keep pouring it out. We like uh, the disciples today. We come today. Maybe some of us are waiting, expectant that God might do something significant in our midst. That the Holy Spirit might, today as we meet, fill us with love. That the Holy Spirit might fill us with a boldness to share that love and the good news of Jesus. You might come expecting that God might bring healing through His Holy Spirit today. And I also pray that today as we meet, that God and the Spirit would activate gifts to equip this church for God's purposes. We also pray that that God in this city, in our neighbourhoods, that that river of living water would bring life to the desolate places, to the places where there is death, we know that God's Spirit brings life. Who knows that God fills us to bring a boldness to us, that we're able to talk about who Jesus is. God fills us that we might have more love, that we might know His love fully. But God fills us so that we might overflow for others. This isn't a, this isn't a case where the wind... The fire, the speaking in tongues was set for one room and the disciples stayed in that room and they, they wanted that experience again and again. That, that wasn't what happened, was it? What actually happened is that the disciples were filled and they went. They were filled and so where they went, the overflow changed and it changed the world that we live in. Can I tell you that the church has changed our world? What God has already done has significantly transformed the world that we live in. And I believe that God wants to do that even more. That we still have broken neighbourhoods. That we still have broken homes. That we still have broken schools. So today, it's pretty simple. God has poured out his spirit for all people, did that at Acts, so that we might receive today. I talked about free refills at the start. Can I tell you, that's kind of what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is available. Who knows that we're leaky? I'm pretty leaky. I know that, that I forget things. I do silly things. Yeah, here we go, here we go. Uh, we need we need the refilling of the Holy Spirit. We need it. I um I looked I looked over my notes from last year at Pentecost just to see what what did I say and I talked about the right tool for the job. Anyone get frustrated when you don't have the right tool for the job? It takes so much longer. I've tried lots of times to use the wrong tools or I don't have the right tools. Uh, 
sometimes even if I've got the right tools, I can't get the job done anyway. But, but the Holy Spirit is the tool for the job that God has given us. He's told us to go to all nations, to all people, to tell of His love, His redemption. And the Holy Spirit is the tool that we need to do that. And we need to be constantly refilled. So this morning, I want to create a space for that. And it's not like a, a, a freaky space. It's not a pressure thing. But we're all here this morning. I don't know about you, but I need an extra measure of the Holy Spirit. I need to love more fully than I currently love. I need, we need as a church for God to pour his gifts out on this church. I believe that God will activate those gifts among us and that we might see our neighbourhood change because of that. I know that there are people here who still need healing in their life. We're saying like that that God can break chains. Maybe this morning you need a filling of the Holy Spirit to break an addiction, a habit. So today we wait on God. Just like the disciples did. And I believe it's about our posture towards it. We've got a God who wants to freely pour out his spirit. It's actually up to us whether we receive that gift today. So I've, I've asked a few people uh, and they're going to come and, and help. And Mark's going to put on some music. Uh, and we're just going to spend some time praying, asking for the Holy Spirit to come and fill us. And we're going to do something maybe a little bit out of the ordinary, Something that is a bit symbolic, it's, it's uh, represented in Scripture quite often that, that actually when we ask for God's filling, that we anoint people with oil. There's nothing special about the oil. It smells kind of nice, this oil, but there's nothing special about the oil. It's symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And so we've got, there'll be five of us up the front and... This isn't a kind of wait and see what happens kind of a thing. I think this is a get up out of your seat and ask God to fill you. Whatever it is that you come with this morning, the Holy Spirit will bring life to it. This river that Ezekiel talked about, a river that brings life, isn't like something that God's going to do in the future. It's here readily available for us today. Are we willing to to kind of receive what God's got for us this morning? Can I pray? And then we're going to very simply, we're available up the front. I encourage you, why wouldn't we be filled or ask for God to fill us again afresh this morning? Now, now we've got oil. These guys are willing to to kind of anoint with oil. We we prayed for each other at the start of the day um, that God might pour out His Spirit. We'll either like put a bit of oil on your hand and just a cross and just, just anoint you with oil today, representing that the Holy Spirit is filling you. 
The Holy Spirit is with you. Let's pray. God, you are good. We ask right now that you pour out your Spirit. Holy Spirit, we ask that you refresh, that you renew, that you bring life, that you heal, that you pour out your gifts too, that you fill us with love. Thank you that you're with us. Thank you that you are so gracious and good. Holy Spirit, come. Fill us now so that we might be overfilled, that we may see our city changed, restored and renewed. In the name of Jesus, amen. Uh, so please don't be shy. Let's, let's pray for each other. These guys are up the front to pray for you for a filling of the Holy Spirit. Um, let's do it.